Now, what will be our conversation today? We're going to talk around the theme on the other side of a crisis. That will be the theme. As we pray, we will take our seats and then share briefly. Our Father who is in heaven, we honor and glorify your name. Thank you, Lord, that the entrance of your word gives light and brings understanding to the simple. Thank you for allowing us, O Lord, not only to commemorate and celebrate your name, but you wanted us to have a conversation, a serious conversation around issues that are important. So, Father, we pray that you will use our minds, you will use our emotions, to communicate your words as faithfully as humanly possible. Yes, Lord. It is in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Now, you may be seated. Thank you so much. So, if you have your Bible, please, which I hope you have, would you please turn to the book of Job? J-O-B? Job. But not a job, but Job the name. And we are going to go to the back end of the book, which is the conclusion, epilogue of the book. The book of Job, we don't have time to explain. It's a drama that unfolds about a crisis that hits a righteous man. And people want to make sense of why does God allow the righteous to suffer? Therefore, The book of Job is the appropriate book during this out-of-the-ordinary homecoming word explosion. And we're going to have a prophetic eye beyond what we see now and learn a couple of things. Not only us in attendance, but everybody who is attending from your home, from your office space, in a cell group, this word is for all of us. Now, the book of Job closes in a very amazing way. Chapter 42 has three amazing entries, peppered in different verses, explaining something major. And I'd like us to visit briefly, and then we'll open the words and share together. In verse 7 of Job 42, the Bible simply said, after this, the Lord said things to Job. Verse 10, after Job has prayed for his friend, the Lord restored him. Verse 16, after this, Job lived. After this, God will speak. After this, we will be a blessing. After this, we will live. That how the book of Job closes on a crisis that was so catastrophic. Something becomes a catastrophe when a calamity affects human beings. 
They call it catastrophe. It's just a calamity that touches humanity. So therefore, where Job is, is not different from where we are right now. Every day you watch our TV, the numbers of infected with COVID-19 is put there, the number of the recovery, but unfortunately of those who are demised. You look at staggering numbers in the United States. You shudder with emotions. You look at the global condition of the world. You cannot call this otherwise than a catastrophe. A calamity that affects humanity at the deepest level. So come with me and think. Psalm 24 tells us the earth is the Lord and his fullness thereof. The world and the people who live in it. So God is not the father of Christians. He is the father of people. When people suffer, Heaven must have an explanation. Our reflection tonight is when a crisis of this magnitude hit us, what is its value? The value of a crisis. Where do we find value in a crisis? A little baby dying. A father, a mother, a breadwinner losing his job. An economy of a nation collapsing. Entire industries cannot function. What is the value of all this? I will argue that the value of a crisis is not in its drama. Oh, you heard me. What COVID have taught us is most of us spend more time on the drama of the pandemic and we lose to learn that in every crisis there's value. The drama of PPE, money lost, is not the value of a crisis. A crisis of a magnitude of losing 13 points and throwing a championship on the last day. That's not the draw. This is not the value of a crisis. Yes, we are hurting. Yes, we are crying. Yes, we are unhappy. Yes, some head must roll. But the value of a crisis of that magnitude is not in a drama. So if the value of a crisis is not in a drama, where is it then? I will argue again that the value of a crisis is not in in a debate.
Eliphaz, Bildad, Eliub, Strength, Job. For 41 chapters, they are talking. They are talking. A crisis when it hits, people talk. Could be a philosophical debate, could be a theological debate, could be just an intellectual debate, could be nonsense we're talking about. But the value of a crisis is never in the debate. Debating about COVID-19 doesn't make the virus go away. Debating about a family member we lost, as sad as it is, do not bring them back. Debating about how many jobs are lost, how the nation and the government didn't handle properly the, the, uh, the, 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 the crisis, do not change anything. The world and the people who live in it belong to God. So whether you're born again or not, this message for you. That do not waste the power of a crisis. Because every crisis has value. Whether at personal level or family level or global level, when the crisis hits, there's value. It's not in a drama of what is going on. It's not in a talking debate that is going on. May I propose to us where the value of a crisis resides. It resides in the discovery. If I discovered something, if I learned something, if I understood something, if I gotten a revelation about something through this crisis... important tonight let's look at the case of Job and extrapolate because the things that he discovered in chapter 42 after a crisis are the same things that I want you to discover and internalize on the other side of a crisis the four valuable discoveries. Let's talk about them one by one. Ready? Discovery number one. When you go through a crisis, there's the necessity of asking the right questions. You missed it, you should have said hallelujah, amen. Even through your mask, God can receive an amen. The discovery that you get through a crisis is what kind of questions do you ask? The name Job itself is the key to understanding the book. It's more powerful than the drama. It's more powerful than the debate and conversation that they've gone to and fro between Job, his wife, Job and his friends, Job and the young guy Elio, Job and this, you know, the name Job itself lends to something important in the first place. 
In our current dictionary, Job is associated with suffering. He who suffers. But when you read the Talmud, the writings of the Jews, the name Job simply means, where is the father? Come here. Come here. Talk to me. Where is the father? So the name Job is telling us why a crisis is wasted. Because when a crisis hits and the question is, where is God? You have missed it. If God was real, what is happening? Listen, God is not a small boy who will run away because COVID is here. God is alive. That's the wrong question throughout the book. Where is the father is the wrong question. God is not hiding. God is not wearing a mask. God is not ordering that PPE should be made in abundance because angels are in danger. God is a swallower of any virus. There was more than virus. It was the rebellion of Lucifer. God mastered it. If God mastered Lucifer, he can master anything. He is too God to be reduced to asking a question. It's a good philosophical question. Where is God? But it's not a smart question. Because he's omnipresent. In the pandemic, God is present. In the tomb, God is present. Paul says for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I die, I win. If I live, I win. Why? God is in it. Hallelujah. The power of a crisis or the value of a crisis is to discover how to ask the right questions. If I were Job, thank God I'm not Job. I will not be associated to the question, where is the father? I will choose to be associated with the question, what is the father up to? Come on, give it up to God. It's a homecoming, it's a homecoming. Let sons and daughters give God praise tonight. Because God doesn't waste an experience, a crisis, a project. He knows everything. We don't know most of the things. Therefore, our question is not, where is the father? Our question is, what is the father? Not even the father, our father up to. Huh. Now I'm remembering that he is our father. And there's no father on earth who will wish heal to his children. Now I'm remembering our father is not just our father, he is in heaven. It sits on top of everything. The question I'm asking us to this homecoming of family, friends, 
coming together once a year to celebrate the mighty God. Commemorate our God, which means to bring to memory the great act of God. But it's also a time for conversation around a table, sons and daughters, grandchildren, parents, sitting together to talk about real issues. Is the crisis the end of it? No. No. There's the after this. There's the after this. But every Christian child have to raise his antennas. Not seeking to situate the presence of God. When you breathe, when you sigh, he's there. But it's an antenna to say what heaven could be saying right now. Because in a storm, God spoke. In the belly of a fish, God spoke. In the tomb, God spoke. From heaven, God spoke. Everywhere, God is a speaking God. Hallelujah in the highest place. God speaks to this day. Oh, teach me to ask the right questions. Because by asking the right question, you lead me to the right answers. May I suggest to us that we do not need to know why God does what he does if we know him. We don't need to know why God is doing what he's doing if we know him. If we cannot trust his hands and see his hand at work, we can trust his head. He's a head full of wisdom. But if we cannot trust his head, we can trust his heart. He's a loving heart. God never hurts anybody. My question during a crisis is not where is God? Where is the Father? But what is the Father up to? What is the Father teaching me? What is the Father trying to tell me? The second value of a crisis is this. The impermanent nature of a crisis. You learn that every crisis is never permanent. May I suggest to us that every crisis, whether big or small, has an expiry date. Tell your neighbor there's an expiry date to this crisis. You read the book of history where they tell you in years so and so there was war that decimated this number of people. You read in another book they say in years so and so there was a pandemic 
such number of people died. But it's without counting human beings, we are very resilient. Things come and hit us hard, but when they've done the damage, we are still ticking. Job is suffering in chapter 1. But Job is still around in chapter 42. <laughs> oh my word. I declare and prophesy. You will still be around after this crisis. After this, God spoke to Job. After this, Job blessed. After this, Job lived. I declare you will live. I declare you will be blessed. I declare God will speak, still speak to you. Hmm. Do you remember the little verse in Exodus 14? With 430 years of slavery, with no way out, the best projection could never fathom that you will be under the, uh, you know, taken under this yoke. And the math do not match. The biggest army, the strongest army, the, the terror of terror is Pharaoh and his army. And the weakest population is Israel. How do you tell them that there's on the other side of a crisis. Children, granny, grandpas, dogs, cats, you know, name it. If there were cockroaches that went into the luggages, everybody's living. And they are walking at a snail pace. And Pharaoh is charging. And there's a red sea in front of them. The range of mountains on either side. We are cornered. A prophesy over South Africa, we are not cornered. We are not. I refuse to declare that our nation is cornered. The devil is a liar. We will live again. We will prosper again. We will see the blessing of the Lord in this nation again. And God simply said, these Egyptians that you see, Come on, give it to me. These Egyptians that you see. These crosses that you're going through. You shall see no more. Because every crisis. Whether small or big. Is an expiry date. Hallelujah. 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 We will tell our children, children, that there was COVID. Because we will not live in COVID forever. Another powerful verse simply says the following in Acts chapter 28. I think it's verse 14. And we made it to Rome. That's heavy. Luke is writing on that voyage with Paul. We made it to Rome. 
trouble started in Jerusalem. It looked that they were never going to make it anywhere. He's accused, he's abused, he's, you know, just all sorts of A's going on. Arrested, attacked, even when everybody else is at ease, a snake chooses Paul. Why does the righteous, righteous suffer? Because God wants them to discover. God wants them to discover that even a person will not kill you. And Paul concluded when he made it to Rome, we made it to Rome. After this, we will make it on the other side of this crisis. Lesson number three. We're running. Yes, I'm checking. Number three. We learn the power of prayer during a crisis. There's power in prayer. Thank you for asking me what is the power of prayer in a crisis. Prayer produces a prophetic perspective. When you pray without you knowing, your body is on earth, but your spirit is elevated to where our Father who is in heaven sits. And you begin to look at life from a vintage of heaven. As I've said, I was in a turmoil when I saw the prosperity of the wicked until I put myself in prayer and I saw stuff. Jeremiah 33, it's a well-known verse, but many people don't understand the context. Jeremiah is in jail. Jeremiah is, is in a sewer system of the harem of the king. But it's in that condition that God says, call unto me. And I will answer you from where you are and show you what you don't know. That the king's name will be difficult to remember. But Jeremiah will be a popular name. After this, we will be around. What the crisis teaches us, pray. Pray, pray, and pray. Because when you pray, you become prophetic. You don't see what is. You saw what will be. The last point, and then we are out of this place. What is the value of a discovery? What are the valuable discoveries that you make? The last discovery is this. There is life on the other side of a crisis. There is life. When the crisis hits, let it run. On the other side, there is life. The Bible says, after this, Job lived. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. 
After this, Grace Bible Church will live. After this, your family will be alive. After this, your business will be alive. After this, your house will not be repossessed. After this, there is life on the other side of the crisis. What happened to Job? He was transformed. He was not the bleeding, soul-filled body. Job was vindicated. People didn't ask anymore, where is your God? Finally, Job was restored. May the spirit of restoration visit you in a powerful way. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray and we seal it as part of our lives. Amen and amen. Come on, give praise to the almighty God. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. Bless you, bless you. You can do better. You can do better. Give him praise in the highest place.